Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show today. Uh, Sarah Beth is joining me today as we as we're going to go over a ebook that we have going over, and the ebook is really talking about some of the problems that youth face. And one of the reasons why I wanted Sarah Beth to be on today is she is almost finished her first full year of teaching. What do you think are the major problems and issues that you believe that youth are are struggling with today? What do you, as you see in your class, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, um, there are for sure some issues relating like how they interact socially with each other. Um, students just don't seem to have the same confidence that they once did. And um, it seems to me like a lot of them are struggling with a lot of mental health um, mm -hmm. and how they view the world and how they view each other. So and that impacts how their relationships are going. But that's really the main thing that I'm seeing is, you know, issues with um, mental health and how they see the world and how they see themselves. Well, today we're going to talk about some of those issues and some of those problems going forward and get kind of our feedback. And before we even get started, I want to tell folks where they can get this ebook. So if you'll go to 10youthproblems.com, 10youthproblems.com, you'll find that link in the show notes as well. You can download this book. All you have to do is just, you know, uh, fill out the form and you'll be able to download this. This kind of gives you an overview of some of the issues that we think. This is not an all-inclusive uh, list. There are other problems that I think you have, are facing, but it is uh, a good starting point for discussions, for you to open up your eyes to maybe see some of those things that are going on and, and what's going on. So what do you think of it uh, at, as you get started, as we get started? What do you think of the list? Um, I thought it was, you know, pretty spot on um, with everything that I see in the classroom um, every single day, day in and day out. And the list does cover pretty much everything. It all goes together um, with what youth are facing and struggling with. Um, but I think it's a really great resource and I've enjoyed reading through it. But I think we should go ahead and start talking about some of it. So the first one that you list in the book is depression. So let's start off talking about that. Well, depression is something that's really become more talked about, more uh, open in society than it was during my generation. Now, I'm 53 years old, and we really didn't talk about depression and anxiety as youth when we were growing up. Yes, it existed, but it was not as openly talked about. But now the, the National Institute of Mental Health is reporting that around four uh, over 4 million teenagers experienced at least one depressive episode within the past year, 4 million teenagers. And what that means is about 17% of all youth will have some kind of depression episode before they reach adulthood, almost one out of five. And that's a significant number that we really need to be concerned about. It's not very low numbers. Like at one time it was pushed to the side and it was very rare, or at least people wanted that perception. Now it's getting to be coming to the forefront in this. And, and there are so many different causes that we can go through, but I'm just going to ask you, you know, to kind of flip this around. What do you think are some of the issues and causes that you think youth that are causing this depressive episodes in youth? 
Yeah, well, one of the first things is I don't necessarily know, like you said, if it's happening that much more frequently, but it is being talked about a lot more. And so I feel like a lot of people are one recognizing some of the things that Mm -hmm. um, are being placed on youth that's causing them to feel these feelings and um, feel like they are depressed and be depressed. Um, I mean, being a teenager is really hard and teaching high school, it's brought back a lot of those feelings of, I didn't realize how hard being a teenager actually was. Um, But I mean, you have your friends that you have to fit in with. And, um, you know, if you don't feel like you're not reaching that standard, and then there's this whole pandemic thing that happened um, that caused people to be so isolated from everything. So whether it was sports and school, and yes, that does add a lot of stress, but having that taken away, and not knowing how to interact with it anymore. That's also a huge stressor um, where people are just isolated with their thoughts for a while. Um, there's all the pressures of having, you know, to get into college and mm-hmm. you know, oh, I don't want to go to college, but everyone else tells me I should. Is there something wrong with me that I don't want to? And um, just all the pressures of society through like social media and everyone seeing this picture perfect life that they think everyone else has. And they think something's wrong with them when they don't have that. Um, but that's just what I've seen, you know, teaching is mm-hmm. all these things that I'm like, wow, like, yes, I had that. Yes, I know people before had all those pressures, but it's just so hyper focused on now um, that everything has to be focused. Uh, let's talk to two different groups here as we're talking about depression. Let's talk first about uh, the to the students, to the young people, to adolescents who may be feeling these types of issues, maybe going through some depressive episodes. Number one, you you don't need to think that there's something abnormal about you that's different. Everybody feels inadequacies in their life at some point in time. And you don't need to hide this and hold this in. You need to tell folks there's something not going on. I don't feel good. I'm feeling, you know, depressed. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling anxious about things you need to be able to express something hopefully you have the kind of relationship with your family that you can go to a parent you can go to a grandparent and you can tell them this if not you need to seek out an adult that that is responsible and can help guide you on this journey in this you do not need to face this alone one places that you do not need to go to though is you do not need to go online to find the answers to this there's too much out there. There is too much wrong information. There's too many people who are going to provide you with inadequate information or even, you know, just blatantly false information about how to deal with it. It's best to go to trusted sources first and let them guide you. So don't go searching on your own. Go and do it. Second thing on parents, if you feel like your child is there's something is going on and you're depressed, they have uh, signs of depression. You may be first thinking, what does that look like? I mean, so some of the symptoms that you can look for is isolation. They look like they're being distant from others. They aren't doing well in school. Maybe there's changes in their eating habits. Maybe there's physically something wrong with them. They're not sleeping well. It could even be to the point where they're physically feeling sick and they can't get involved with things at school or involved with this. If you see those signs, first you need to understand that you're not alone in this and that you need to have, you need to reach out to people so that they can undergird you and help you through this as well and help your child through this. 
Families do not need to go this alone because if that happens and families feel like they are, we don't want it to reach a point where there is physical harm being done, emotional harm being done, or even ends up in a, in a point where they're contemplating suicide. So we do not want those issues to come from. Any closing thoughts on this one? Um, no, just that, um, you know, this one I think was a solid number one of problems that are facing youth. And I'm glad that it's being so talked about now because we can find these solutions. So that's really positive. Well, we, we, these, these, uh, 10 problems that we had there, there's not necessarily one that's greater than the other one, but this one was just so talked about in, in front of mind when we were putting together this book that we wanted to list this one first on the list. So what's our second one that we talk about? The second one is social media. Hey, and if you followed anything about us recently, you know that I am really wanting to express the fact to our audience that they need to be concerned about youth and social media. So why is that an issue now? You know, um, just seeing it everywhere. Um, there are so many different social media platforms that are available. Um, and I think it's really cool because I had the pretty much my whole life I've seen social media, but I got to see like the very start of it to mm -hmm. what it is now, um, just being 20, almost 23. So, I mean, I've gotten to see like, because I remember people having MySpace, but like I was too young to really have it and like Facebook. And, but then I've seen like, oh, Instagram came out and that was the really cool thing. And, um, you know, Twitter and Snapchat and now be real. And I'm still young. So it's still cool. Like, so mm -hmm. I've got to see it just completely transformed, but, um, with social media comes great impact over people's lives and that picture perfect lifestyle that I was sharing about. And, um, with being isolated, you know, from 2020 to pretty much now is when things are really starting to recover. Um, that was everyone's way of social communication and interaction. Mm -hmm. So it's completely changed how everybody sees, um, social media and the world, because that was the only real way to communicate for two and a half years. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the things that's up here and just how it's viewed by people and how youth can sometimes mistreat it um, into it becoming, you know, an addiction or mm -hmm. into, you know, um, bullying on there. But well, social media has a lot of positive things that it can do. It can be fantastic for connecting people together, mm -hmm. connecting teens with, with like interests, connecting teens that are passionate about certain causes. But it is very troublesome. And, and you mentioned it on, on the cyberbullying uh, that, that can happen. It has many advantages, but it has risk. It, it can have negative ass, uh, effect on friendships. It can, it can affect their mental health. So it got, kind of relates back to the first one with depression. Social media can cause mental health issues. It can expose teenagers to questionable people, toxic imagery, mm -hmm. and sexual content. And no matter what measures that you take, it can filter itself through. I know a lot of parents put on safeguards on their phones. We put safeguards on you guys' phones uh, with different apps to kind of watch as you guys were growing as our three children, you being the oldest, as mm -hmm. you were growing through your adolescent years, we had different aspects. You probably had less than the other, than your younger brother and sister, not because, you know, we were like, oh, Sarah Beth doesn't need it. It's because those apps weren't around. Yeah. You know, 
So they kind of grew into it. Your younger sister, who's 10 years younger than you, she's got a lot more controls on her form because there's a lot more there. Yeah. So she has just gotten her first phone just like in the last week that we're coming. And it has the apps that are on it. There's more apps on controlling things and monitoring things than there are actual apps that she can use. So that's the way it's going. But those social media, it, it, it can change people's personality as they get involved with that. Do you have any idea what some studies are saying, how many hours a day the average teenager is spending on social media? I have no clue, but I feel like it's more than probably four or five. Nine. Wow. Double. Nine (laughs) hours. Now, let's be realistic. Some of those are just the app is open and they're not actually actively doing it. Mm -hmm. But what that means is if they're in school, they're actually probably more on their social media apps than they are paying attention to class. So how many students have you caught or seen in the class and you're trying to teach and they're sitting there with their phone and they're on the social media? Every single one of them. There's not, unless they don't own a phone or they're asleep, they're checking their phone, they're on it. And it's, it's almost like um, I'm super into like real life TV. I know that sounds weird, but like the live documentaries where people get and stuff um and sometimes when they bring people in they're like an addict um and they start you know hyperventilating they have to like have whatever drug they're on there are some students who have almost the same reaction to not being able to check their phone like no i have to check it right now i have to and like they do it subconsciously they pick up their phone they check it um and they don't even know that they've checked it but it's almost becoming to the point where people are genuinely addicted to their phone mm-hmm. um and I it is an addiction yeah and let's, let's, start, let's go down that road. If the phone becomes an addiction because of social media, that it becomes an addiction that, that you can't put down, then should there be restrictions on the age limits that we put? Now, we know that most of the apps, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, all those have no younger than 13. Mm-hmm. But there is no verification system that is, is really that works at all on those apps. I mean, anyone can have it. And some parents are giving their children phones as young as, you know, five, six, seven years old, and they're getting these apps and they're starting those young. Mm -hmm. But we restrict access to drug, uh, to, to tobacco and alcohol to what age? Yeah. To 21. To 21, because we realize the health problems that they can have with it, but we're not doing that with social media. And we now know that there is there is a link between the rise of social media and the rise of depression and mental health issues in youth. We know that there's a causation there. And if you want to know more about that, just go back a couple episodes to where we interviewed uh, Chris Martin, the author of the book Wolf in Their Pockets, where he is talking about this. And he refers to this uh, fact that social media is doing this. I know some folks get angry when, when James starts harping about this and we have literally lost followers because of my stand on this, but I'm really serious about the fact that it is a, it, it, it can be very, very positive and do some very good things, but it is also very, very scary what can happen if left unattended. So mm-hmm. social media, that's our little kick on that. There's a whole series of episodes that we've done on it before. You can go and check them out. What's our third one that we want to talk about? We're going to talk about bullying. Bullying again. 
related to social media and could cause depression. You see how these are all intertwined in it? 22%, again, one in every five. Hmm. You think you think there's some correlation here? I think I think we should think about those types of things. One of every five are uh, have been the target of some kind of bullying before. Uh, were you felt like you were bullied when you were in middle school and high school? To an extent, yes. Um, there, I mean, and a lot of people do say it's just like your buddies picking on you and stuff. But I feel like to an extent, everybody gets bullied to some degree, mm-hmm. um, whether it's by a sibling Poor Jacob, bless his heart. I bullied the crap out of him as an older sister. Or, you know, just some like, I might call it girl drama, like in middle school, just your typical girls being mean to other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, or whether it's super like escalated to the point where it's physical and like one, it's definitely like really happening back and forth. I only really experienced the girl drama side of it of like girls just being really mean to me um, in middle and high school. And it wasn't anything that I don't think anybody else doesn't experience. Um, but that it it's something that everyone to an extent faces. I agree with you. Bullying is, is there's so many different aspects of it. Uh, I remember in high school when I was a part of a, a athletic team there. And one of the rituals of being a part of this athletic team was the older, the senior members of the team would harass or haze the freshman members and, and the, the new people that were coming in. And they would, you know, throw you in a trash can. What a big deal, but you have to throw in a trash can. Well, for me, when it came my turn to be in a trash can, I just kind of went along with it because I figured I could jump out just as quick as I got put in. And, you know, I kind of like, oh, yeah, I got out of it, that kind of stuff. Again, I, I was kind of freaked out. It was kind of bothering me, but I was not going to fight it because I was like, I'll, I'm going to lose in this whole battle. Just let it happen. But there was another guy who was in my – well, the next year when I was a sophomore, there was a freshman that was a year behind me that, that was being put in there, and he just literally freaked out. He was screaming and yelling and – and at the time, I just thought, what a wimp, how weird he is. Just let it go. But looking at it from years of experience and studying this, that was causing a lot of anxiety in him. That was bringing up a lot of major issues in him, and it was really, really bothering him. Now, that was just physical bullying and face-to-face bullying. Now we have cyber bullying, mm-hmm. where it occurs when someone is harassing another person via some kind of electrical means, being, you know, through the phone, through social media apps, as we've talked about, through computer, through texting. You can harass people in such a way there. This bullying has become so persuasive that it actually is more than the traditional forms of bullying. It's it's more prevalent than the traditional forms of bullying. So as a parent, as an adult working with a youth, if you're out there listening to us, you need to be aware of this and and kind of put those safeguards in place and being aware of what can happen. And if it is pre- prevalent and especially persistent, you need to get some authorities involved to say, go to the people who are doing it and say, this got to stop or, or put it into it in another way. So, And for youth, again, you don't need to handle this alone. You need to go to someone and say, this needs to stop. I know what you're thinking, guys. You're saying, hey, I'm not a, I'm not a wimp. I can handle this on my own. It's not cool to go to the adults. And it's not cool to get it done to you on your own either. You need some help on this. 
So bullying is a big issue on that. Related, and it can happen through social media, and it can cause depression. Yeah, and that, I mean, it also kind of leads into the next um, topic that we were going to discuss being peer pressure and that with a lot of the social media, this is my kind of my point to tie the two, but um, with a lot of social media is it's so easy to be mean to someone when you don't have to look at them in their face and see the hurt that you caused. And that's something I've seen a lot in high school is people are really, really mean to each other. Um, you know, leaving comments on Instagram or social media, and then they never see the person in real life. They never have to face them in real life. So they don't understand the damage that is caused. And with um, being rude to people, you know, whether it's in person or online, um, a lot of times it's seen as being cool. Um, I have a couple of students who I know who only make fun of another student because all their friends are making fun of this student. And they don't want us to be like the person who stands up for them um, and makes it stop. So they also just join in on the fun. Um, yeah. So what you have here is you have bullying being done because of peer pressure. Mm -hmm. You have youth who are bullying other folks because they're being pressured into it. Now, peer pressure has has always been around. Peer pressure in some aspect has, has been around for a long time. It's just taking on a new technology. Social media is taking it to a different level. It's taking it to a new place. It's manifesting itself in a different way. Uh, you know, when COVID started and we could not leave homes and, and we were stuck at home, you'll remember this, you know, the Abby, our, our, your, your younger sister would still get up, you know, like at the same hour she would go, to school and I was up at that point in time and we would watch TV together mm -hmm. and we started watching Leave It to Beaver. Now, for those of you who've never heard of Leave It to Beaver, it was a family sitcom that started around 1957 and went in for about five years uh, during that time frame. So Leave It to Beaver dealt with a lot of the problems and issues that young children in pre-adolescence, I think the oldest that they got to for the main character, Beaver, I think he got to be like 13 or 14 before the show ended. And it discussed the issues and stuff that he was doing. But peer pressure was one of the topics that was a regular occurrence in that show. So it is not something that's new, but it has heightened it. And what kind of things did you see youth being peer uh, pressured into doing? Yeah, I mean... It's so much more than just drugs and alcohol and doing that. It's also, you know, how students dress and how they act and mm -hmm. um, what they stand for and what they believe in. And um, it's a lot of peer pressure is dealing with like core values that decide what students like um, and what youth are truly believe in and what they stand for and all of that. So, you know, it challenges their core values. So whether it's how they dress or how they speak to people or who they're friends with or what they choose to do with their free time or um, what they choose to say and that what comes out of their mouth, what they choose to go to, whether it's a party or an event, it's all influenced by um, each other. And so much of students' identity is wrapped up in what other people think of them. Um, and so... You know, that's where the big part of peer pressure comes in is during these formative years where they're supposed to be mm -hmm. deciding what like they actually think of themselves, what they think of other issues. It's so formed by what they think other people think. It's not even reality. It's just like what they assume that other people think about them um, that gets caught up in peer pressure. And I've seen a lot of students make mistakes that they just some of them can't be undone. Some of them can. But um, just because they were trying to get someone to think that they were cool or think that, you know, whatever they wanted them to think. 
but I, I love the I had I love the direction you just took that when you said that peer pressure really affects their values and their stands because that that is kind of that group mentality. Hey, my this this group of people are feeling a certain way, they're acting a certain way, uh, and it's different than the values that my parents or that my church or that the adults that have that have have poured into my life for so many years have tried to teach me. It goes different than that. And so I'm going to go along with them because I want to have friends. I want to have those uh, friendships going forward. Yeah. So you hit on some great, great points there that it, a, a young person who struggles with their self-image of their identity does not know who they are and does not have a good foundation is going to be very, 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 very susceptible to peer pressure. And it can guide them into some very negative things. The most obvious things we think about are drugs, tobacco and alcohol use and violence and bullying and those types of things. But there are much more subtle things, like you just said, that we may not see, but can really, I, I think, I, I think college sometimes, uh, is a great place where we see folks either figure out who they are and stand for their self, or they become, I go along with the crowd, which is a form of peer pressure as well uh, that, that manifests themselves. So that, that's a great point that, that, that I hadn't really, you know, we really didn't talk about in any depth uh, going through this. Yeah. And I think it is difficult too, when we live, um, if you look at just the culture of America, we live in a cancel culture. And so if the group doesn't think that you're right, then you're cut off. Um, whether no matter what you believe in, like if the group doesn't agree with what you think, then you can be cut off. And I think that's scary for a lot of youth. And so it's way easier, like you were saying, mm -hmm. to just go with the crowd so that they don't get canceled for whatever it is, because um, people will group together. And that causes a lot of issues, not only with the self-image but with also just like we said in the first point with depression of not feeling accepted but yeah and the fifth one that we want to talk about today is what and it relates again to peer pressure what is it yeah is the drug and alcohol use <clears throat> now i'm gonna throw some numbers out here we're not some numbers but just some trends out to you real quick to the audience that they might find hard to believe alcohol use is significantly down among youth than it was just 30 years ago Tobacco use is dramatically down than it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. That may not be as surprising. Hard drug use is down significantly what it was 30 years ago and 40 years ago. However, where we're seeing the problem is, is the intensity in which it's being used and abused has increased or stayed at those high at the levels that they were before. So maybe fewer are using it, but when they are, they're really pouring themselves into it. Marijuana use now outpaces tobacco use. I don't think that's going to surprise anyone at all. Um, that's there are more from where we live, from where you uh, you live about three miles from me. So from where you live and I live, there are more places that sell products derivative from marijuana than there are places that sell products derivative from tobacco. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, there may be a few stores that you could buy tobacco products, regular stores, but in part, dedicated stores, there are, yeah. there are more of those used there uh, than, than it's possible. Vaping is also on the rise. Vaping has slid in, as some people think, it, oh, it's not as harmful. It's not as bad because you can have the flavors in a vape. You know, with tobacco use, you can have that flavor that'll kind of 
high that tobacco nicotine taste or that nicotine smell that that, that normally has, but it has increased. So they can't really uh, resist that allure of, of substance abuse. Do you see that as still a prominent issue at the school that you teach at? Um, yes, it's definitely um, a prominent issue, not only like at the school that I teach at, but in a lot of high schools um, as well. And there's kind of a reputation around um, just high schoolers, I guess, being rebellious. Um, and mm -hmm. it's I don't think the stereotypes necessarily wrong. There are so many of the students that I know who um, drink, um, you know, whether it be at school or after school or wherever um, there are students who drink and that use, you know, marijuana who vape and um, just party culture is so big. And especially, I don't know if it's because of where we live it being more of a city um, where they have access to more of this stuff, but it definitely is an issue that I'm seeing among a lot of students. It's not just a couple, um, but it's, if I was to look at it as a school as a whole, I'd say it's less than a third of the school mm -hmm. that, involved with it but like you had said that third is very dedicated to their usage of all it we'll say um they are committed they are using a lot more of it and the thing that i think is scary is as we're looking at it as teachers we're being trained you know to how to handle it how to write it up um that sort of thing but when we were being trained we were learning that yes um there are different ways, like people aren't outside smoking cigarettes anymore. They have the little vapes, but there's more nicotine in that vape than there ever mm -hmm. was in a pack of cigarettes. And so I think, yeah, like you said, they're just using so much more of it. Um, and in North Carolina, you know, marijuana is not legal, but Delta 8 is. And so, you know, it's more of a derived, but you can get a lot more of that. And so they're being more addicted. They're getting access to a lot. Um, higher concentrations of it. Yeah, there's so many stores that are opening up about that, and there are and then we have many states where it is legal, and we're seeing it as a gateway drug uh, for for folks who get involved with that and are moving forward. A lot of the advocates for it are saying, "Hey, it's not that significant. Uh, that that marijuana use is not any worse than alcohol use in some ways." That's an argument we can have for another time, and we can bring in statistics from from all different aspects of it. But what we realize though, is that it is a gateway drug, that it does open the door. Nobody really jumps into hardcore drugs yeah. without first venturing through some of these more subtle ways. And, and vaping has become not only a way to get tobacco, but a way to get you know, mar uh, marijuana and marijuana derivatives uh, is through vaping as well. So it's, a, it's very much a derivative form of this uh, and I don't think alcohol is, is, is as a prominent issue as maybe it, it, it used to be. Uh, but young people who are prone to use alcohol are, are more likely to have issues at school like excessive acid tea rates. They're going to miss a lot of school. They're going to have worse grades. They're going to have social issues or fighting or lack of involvement in activities. Maybe even legal issues are going to arise. So there's going to be a lot of things. Physical issues are going to deal. And this could also lead into other things like sexual behavior, which we'll talk about in a future episode as one of the other problems as well. So it is a still something that we need to be concerned about. We don't need to think it's just being replaced, but it is something we need to show about. So, 
to recap the five that we discussed today, because we're only going to cover half of them, the five that we discussed today, the first one being mental health. Specifically, we're going to talk about depression. It is prominent in this. You can you can just Google anything on that teens and depression, and you'll see reports coming out pretty frequently on this. The CDC has had two major reports about the effects of depression on youth as a result of going through COVID. Number two was social media. Social media, which hey, hits everything that's going. I bet you mentioned uh, uh, be real, which I guarantee Mm -hmm. there's a significant part of the audience that heard that and had. What in the world is she talking about that? And if they watched our roundtable on social media last year, they will realize that there are there are new apps being dropped every single year. And we may get a handle on one and one may be replaced, but another one is coming right down the line in a different way. So got to be on top of it. Yeah. Third one is bullying. Specifically, we want to talk about cyberbullying because that's going to be the aspect that we get through uh, social media. Number four is peer pressure. Peer pressure. And tell them again, again, what you see peer pressure not being as big a thing like joining us with smoking or stuff, but how peer pressure affects them is what did you say? Yeah, it's affecting their core values and how them see how they see themselves and how they see the world. And listen, peer pressure can be positive in some ways. You can have positive peer pressure that encourages them to have good, solid values and, and build character traits. But by and large, when we're talking about peer pressure, we're talking about the negative effects of it. And the last one is drug and alcohol use. And drug and alcohol use a lot of times comes as a result of peer pressure. Mm-hmm. So you see how all these things, and drug and alcohol use can cause depression. And it can be amplified by being involved with social media. So there's really no way to take apart all these different issues. They all are so intertwined with each other. Any closing comments on these five? Um, On these five, it's just really cool to see how they all work together, um, you know, for good or for bad um, with all these situations involving youth. But, yeah, I think they're a solid first five to start off with. I'm excited for the next five. Well, will you, will you join me back again next week as we discuss the last five of these? Yeah, absolutely. And and kind of get a little bit of a perspective, too, because some of those uh, next five and stuff you may see happening at your school and in your community. For those of you who uh, want to learn more, as I mentioned and you've seen several times, you can go to 10youthproblems.com to get more information about this. And also... We want to tell you that I'll have a new book that'll be coming out or has already come out if you're looking at this. Uh, that's called Tomorrow's Youth, Reaching a Hope Deferred Generation, which examines not these problems as much as the core issues that causes these problems. The core issues of, of struggling with self-image, poor relationship skills, and a lack of purpose in life and the ability to set goals for those purposes. So, Look for that book as well, and you have more information. All the links to that and other things are in the show notes. And we'll see you again next week on the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.